The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Edge Boost. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to get started today. Hadio DeGenerinos, boy, bobbling up already. Hadio DeGenerinos, this is the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Episode 356 is going to go out to ugh, the Ultimate Fighter. My co-host says I should dedicate it to that. Ultimate Fighter is lame. I'm not going to watch it, but he will. Um, no spoilers, though. No one yell anything into your into your podcast players because my co-host has not seen the first episode yet. Thanks for coming to the show. I am Jeff Chalks Fox, usually the chalky half of the pair here. Um, we are here to break down, not the Ultimate Fighter, but the UFC on ESPN. Cara France versus Albazi or Albazi, depending on how you say it. We did the prelims yesterday, so if you haven't heard yet, go back a episode to get all our prelim picks. Uh, today we're going to go through the six main card fights, and then we're going to give you our locks, our dogs, our prop picks, and our parlays. Not doing it by myself. Let's bring in the tough lover himself, Daniel Gummy Reeland. Hello. Do you hit? So uh, I, I get the hatred for tough. I very much do. Uh, <laughs> I don't hate it. My, I just don't pay attention to it. You're not my only podcast co-host who hates uh, the Ultimate <laughs> Fighter. In fact, one, if you, you allow him to, we'll just rant about it for most of an episode. Um, but here's my question for you. Do you at least appreciate that they changed up the format for this one? They did? They're, they're See, giving I don't, I don't pay attention like I said. They're, they're giving us a whole bunch of returning fighters. Oh yeah. I know I recognize a lot of names like Roosevelt Roberts, I believe I saw, right? Yeah, Roosevelt Roberts and they got the um um Kurt Hollibaugh is on there yep. and like uh who is the the Irish kid who won it that year? Conor McGregor. No, he didn't win the ultimate fight. Brad Katona. No. Um, oh yeah. Brad Katona is on there. Um Timor Valiev is on there. Is is Katona? Oh, he just trained. Yeah, he in is. Ireland. He trained yes. in Ireland for a while. Uh, what happened to him? Uh, he, he went and fought for Brave. He went and fought for Brave for a little bit, um, and now he's on the Ultimate Fighter. So uh, they've got some guys returning, and then a whole bunch of people who were uh, either not in the UFC or showed up on Contender Series, or like you know, like a whole bunch of guys who've been kicking around LFA for the last five years. You know, guys like Aaron McKenzie and uh mando gutierrez and like people like that so it's kind of a fun format of like guys with their last chance and uh guys with their second chance maybe i'll watch the fights that's what i i did for the the few seasons the last few seasons i watched i just skipped to the fight part so maybe i'll do that yeah it, it sounds like at least that will be intriguing yeah because like conor mcgregor and michael chandler no Neither of those guys. I yeah, want to hear anything. Yeah, neither, neither of neither of those guys do it for me as of late. Like that's not a Ooh. yeah, that's not a, a duo I want to see. And it's probably going to be awkward too, because I feel like you know you can say what you like about Conor McGregor. You can not like him. You can like him. I don't really care either way. He is good at getting under people's skin, and when he trash talks, you like kind of have to listen to him, like because he's he's good at it, right? Um, and in. Michael Chandler just talks like uh, like a fourth grader hitting comebacks. Um, a meathead, perhaps you could call him. Yeah, you one might call him that. <laughs> Not me, but one. No, one, but one, but one. Neither of us would. All right, let's uh, <laughs> let's get down to some real fights now, shall we? Um, 
barely real for some of these are barely real fights but no the ufc is putting on a fight night this week so of course we are going to cover it after i tell you about edge boost this episode is supported by edge boost edge boost is the world's first bet now pay later visa card edge currently offers up to twenty five hundred dollars in betting advances which can be extremely an extremely valuable tool imagine what you can do with an increased bankroll you can get down on some of your favorite futures without tying up your bankroll for months double down on a favorite bet you like or even use it to create an awesome middle or even hedge uh you can like i said with uh last episode with nfl season coming up you made like a whole bunch of futures you don't want to uh you don't have the bankroll to to tie up a whole bunch of money in it and then boom you can get an extra 2500 bucks off edge boost for that but here, here's the best part edge boost isn't some sleazy loan shark as they charge zero interest do you know any other ways you can access more money to place on your favorite bets without paying any interest support sgpn and grow your bankroll by going to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to sign up at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge must be 21 years or older to use problem gambling call 1-800 gambler all right Let's jump into things with a lightweight fight. Jamie Malarkey versus Mohamed John Naimov. Naimov, Hillman is a nickname. Did we ever talk about this nickname or explain it, or do we have an explanation? We do not. Okay. He's 8-2. and two, Three knockouts, three submissions. He's never been finished in a fight. This is a short notice, a debut in the UFC. Ding, ding, ding. Alarm bells are going off. But he took this fight, what, early this week, right? Monday, maybe? Sunday? Yeah, I, I think technically he took it at the end of last week. Um, okay. But we found out about it then. Yes. Got it. He was 0-1 in the Contender Series. Uh, he's won three straight fights, including his last fight via TKO. He used to fight at featherweight, so down a weight class. He was outstruck in his Contender Series fight by 2.4 strikes per minute. He's at plus 350. Jamie Malarkey, 16-5, 10 knockouts, three submissions. He's been knocked out three times. 4-3 and three in the UFC. He's won two straight fights and four out of five. He also has multiple regional championships on his. Mantle. Correct. Get the shirt, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash store. Sorry for new listeners if that confuses you what I just said there. Uh, used to fight at Featherweight as well. 2013 Pro MMA debut. Three inches taller than Naimov. Four inches of reach on him. Striking, active striking and grappling stats are better than Naimov, but Naimov is based off of one fight. Uh, Malarkey's been outstruck in the UFC barely by 0.15 strikes per minute. And he's at minus 400. Uh, I will always go first off the main card. Obviously, I'll be taking Malarkey. You got to fade short notice fighters, especially this short of notice, especially if they're debuting, especially if their opponent is, is a veteran who's, who's better than them. And that's all those boxes are, are checked off with this matchup. So Malarkey's the pick. Did you, did you say negative 400? Yeah, it's gone. It's come down. It was what? 900 open. I think. Uh, yeah, it was uh, when I last saw it, it was 650. So it, it's nice to see uh, that it's coming in that direction. I almost wonder if it is the, uh, the old OV rub uh, that he's got an Eastern European sounding name yep. and, and people are betting on him. If that's the case, like they're going to be in rude awakening because, you know, <laughs> look, Naimov is a talented dude, right? Like I have no problem with him being in the UFC. He's won a couple for Titan and Tough Enough and like organizations like that. Like he he's kind of got the profile of somebody who might get a second shot on contender series because he failed miserably on his first one. He got badly out grappled by Colin Anglin. Remember Colin Anglin? Yes. Okay. And, and Colin Anglin did not have a good stint in the UFC. Uh, he he no. lost two in a row. He's since been released by the UFC and he's lost two more. Uh, he's on a four fight losing streak, which is only not five because he out grappled Mohamed John Naimov with no problem. And the thing about Jamie Malarkey is Jamie Malarkey is like low key, a sneaky good wrestler. Like, I think people forget that, like, when he needs it and he needs to go to the well, he hits that takedown 
he does a really good job on top. So, uh, yeah, I like Malarkey a lot. Hey, if that number's coming down, let's let it keep creeping down, too. Yep, definitely. All right, let's go to the only female fight on the main card. Women's flyweight, Kareen Silva, or Karini Silva versus Catlin Souza. All right, Souza, <laughs> Esquinta Dinha. Do you know what that means? Yeah, it means um, because Esquinta is, is it hothead? Little hothead? Yes. Hot-headed, yeah, or a little hot. Yeah, the, the when Google Translate never puts the little part in, but we listeners of the show know that that's what Inha means is little. So yes, she's a little hot-headed, or is she little and hot-headed? I'm pretty. It, that usually means you're little and hot-headed. Little in size, right? Yes, correct. <laughs> all right, she's thirteen and three. Souza, uh, eight knockouts, one submission. She's been knocked out twice, submitted once, so all of her losses have come via finish. This is her UFC debut. She went two and zero in a victim, was the champion there. That's part of a five-fight winning streak. Uh, as well as the Invicta title, she also has multiple regional championships on her. Mantle. Uh, correct. Get the shirt. Sportsgamblypodcast.com slash store. Uh, she used to fight down at Strawweight, up at Bantamweight. She's at plus 190. Killer Karini Silva, 15-4 and four with nine knockouts, six submissions. So she's finished all of her wins. She'd been knocked out once, submitted twice. One and only UFC. Won her last review of submission. She's won six straight fights. She's not lost since May of 2019. Used to fight uh, as same thing as Souza. Down weight class, up weight class. 2013 was her pro on May debut. She's been outstruck in the UFC by 1.46 strikes per minute, but she won that fight. She's an inch shot than Souza, minus 225. And it's you. Uh, I'm going with Silva here. Um, it, here's the thing. I, I like Souza. She looked good in her... Um, Invicta fights to win the title, uh, the one against Christina Williams. I, I mean, she did what she had to, but the problem is, is that like, if you watch that fight back, she, she throws a lot of kicks and when they get caught, she almost just like, doesn't stop the other person from taking her down because she wants to grapple. Uh, the bottom line is she's fine being on her back. If you're, you're willing to grapple her, she'll, she'll just like concede a takedown so that she can be on her back. And I think the problem against Karimi Silva is that Silva it will just get on top and she'll stay safe. She'll stay away from the arm bar. She'll let her throw her hips around if she needs to. She'll posture up. She'll land a couple of strikes and then she'll pass or something like that. So uh, I think we have somebody who's going to be way too willing to work off their back versus somebody who can stay safe and do what she needs to on top and Silva. Um, I, I don't really love the fact that this is over negative 200 because like if you look at them striking wise, is Karini Silva a better striker for sure? Not better enough to really warrant wanting to lay negative two bucks, but uh, I, I still think Karini Silva is the right play here. Yep, I agree. Uh, better fighter um, in this in this situation. I'm, like like you, I'm not sure about the line on this fight though. So, all right, let's move to flyweights in the men's side. Tim Elliott versus Victor Altamirano. Uh, Altamirano, El Magnifico, twelve and two, two knockouts, four submissions. He's been submitted once. 2-1 in the UFC. He's won two straight fights in six of seven. He went 1-0 in the Contender Series. He was the LFA champion. He's got an inch of height, four inches of reach, and five. He's five years younger than Elliott. He's more active landing strikes. Uh, and is, he's outstruck his contender, contender Series and UFC opponents by one and a half strikes per minute. He's at plus 150. Elliott, 18-12 and 12 and 1. Three knockouts, six submissions. But knocked out once, submitted five times. Seven and 10 in the UFC over two stints. He's gone three and one over his last four, including winning his last fight. That was back in March of 2022. Used to fight up at Bantamweight. Four and all in the ultimate fighter. Was a regional champion. 
2009 Pro on May debut. Forgot to, did we mention Tim Elliott as an OG? He's an OG too, obviously. Yeah, I said he he fought, he made his debut on uh, right. um, Miller versus Diaz on UFC right. on Fox. That was yesterday's podcast as well, but yes, true. Um, all right. Strike differential, I said it was uh, 0.72 strikes per minute. He outstrikes his opponents. He's got better grappling stats than Altamirano, minus 170. I'm going dog. Altamirano, taking a younger fighter at, at a lower weight class, younger and bigger fighter at a lower weight class. On a nice roll, and I just don't know where Elliot's headspace is going to be now. The marriage issues, the, his training, long-time training camp is falling apart. He's moved across the country to a new training camp, and he's been out of action for for over a year. So, um, all that makes me think that uh, Altamirano is worth a shot at, at a dog here. So, give me plus one fifty. Hey, how'd that work out for Mackenzie Dern? We shall see. <laughs> no, Mackenzie. Yeah. Well. We'll see if he's angry enough, then Altamirano is going to going to get his head kicked in. Yes. Yeah. And so, and so I think it's extremely uh, it's always a bad idea to try to handicap fights on out of the cage stuff. Like like if yep. you if, if you want to say Altamirano is a better striker, he's faster, he's bigger, he's younger and you want to use all those things. I, I think that totally works. But I've seen a lot of people out there be like, uh, I'm fading Tim Elliott because his life is in shambles. Sometimes that's when you see the best version of somebody like they, they just need to go do what they do. Um, so if you think he's going to lose for skill reasons, sure. Pick against him for skill reasons, but I'm here to warn you don't pick against this guy just because he's got shit going on in his life. Uh, lots of fighters have shit going on in their life and lots of times you don't hear about it. Um, and I'm going to go with Tim Elliott. I, I think he is so much better of a grappler here than Altamirano. Um, you know, like I, I know you said that Altamirano uh, is bigger and stronger, but if you look at Altamirano's record career-wise, his biggest issues have been with guys who can outgrapple him. Um, one of his losses is a rear naked choke loss to Jared Brooks. I think Jared Brooks might actually be better than Tim Elliott. He might actually be one of the best featherweight flyweights in the world, rather. Um, but like if you you look at so he, he lost that fight by rear naked choke. He he's only got two pro losses, but if you go to his amateur record, he's actually lost three of his seven amateur fights by rear naked choke too. He's had an issue with people getting on his back and, and taking advantage of that. And you saw that even a little bit in the Carlos Candelario fight on contender series. Candelario got after him a little bit on the ground. And, and really, I think if Carlos Candelario is the type of guy who can get on your back and work away and, and push the, the envelope on the mat, I really think Tim Elliott's going to give him a hell of a time when this gets to the grappling. Um, and, and look, Carlos Candelario, for, for just for the record, the first time he was on Dana White's Contender Series, he was out grappled or he, he gave up eight takedowns and didn't score any. Uh, his second time, he scored five against Victor Altamirano. Five against Victor Altamirano. Um, and, and so, like, I, I just think Altamirano's going to give up takedowns and be in a bad spot here against Elliott. Tim Elliott's just one of those guys you like and you always pick, though. So, I mean, like, the, I mean, like he he's got a reason to like him, though, right? Like he yes. he outgrappled Tagiru Labakov, he outgrappled uh, Jordan Espinoza, he outgrappled Ryan Benoit, and all of those guys might be better grapplers than Altamirano, a guy who like flails every single time he's in a clinch. Um, so yeah, give give me uh, Tim Elliott here. All right, you got him. You got him. I'm also going to give you and all our listeners. A couple of contests you can win. NBA Finals and Stanley Cup Final contests. Uh, we got two more free contests for you. Like I said, the Stanley Cup and the NBA Finals. All you got to do is you can enter exclusively over on the SGPN app. So definitely download that if you haven't already. It's a series of props and game props contest with a $100 SGPN gift card up for grabs for each contest. 
Download the SJPN app and enter today. All right, we're going to move up to lightweights, to the the OG of the card. Oh, actually, I guess Orlovsky is the OG of the card, the second OG of the card. Yeah, Jim Miller Jim Miller is not, not the OG on here. Nope. <laughs> only time you can, pretty much only time you ever can say that. Uh, lightweights, Jim Miller versus Jared Gordon. We'll see if Gordon actually is a lightweight. Um, I put that in our, in the Discord, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. He's got to cut 27 pounds, 37 pounds. He was 193 when they called him less than two weeks ago for the fight. That seems bad. To one, you got to get down to 156. Yeah, that seems bad. Plus, he said um, he just got over a, a little concussion issue after his last fight, too. So, yeah. All right. Let's tell you about Jim Miller first. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I, I think I'm I'm showing my hand here. Uh, Jim Miller, A10 is a nickname. He's 35 and 17 with one no contest. Six knockouts, 19 submissions. He's been knocked out twice, submitted three times. 24 and 16 in the UFC with one no contest. He's gone three and one over his last four. He did lose his last fight. All three of his wins have come via finish. Uh, all three of his last his last wins. Um, used to fight at down a weight class and up weight class. So featherweight and welterweight. Multiple regional championships on his mantle. Correct. Get the shirt. Sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash store. 2008 was his pro, uh, not pro debut, UFC debut. Actually, he is. No, I lost you 2000, excuse me. So 2008 in the UFC, 2005 was the pro on May debut. Three inches of reach on Gordon. He's been outstruck over his UFC career by 0.23 strikes per minute, plus 158. Flash Gordon, 19 and six with one no contest. Six knockouts, two submissions. Knocked out four times, submitted once. Seven and five with one no contest in the UFC. He's taken this fight, as I mentioned, on short notice, so less than two weeks notice, I believe. One and two with one no contest over his last four fights. No contest was his last fight where a clash of heads rendered him unable to continue used fight at featherweight missed weight a couple times there he also has multiple regional championships on his mantle correct get the shirt sportsgamblingpodcast.com holy moly there's a lots on this card and we're not done uh 2011 was his pro on may debut inch height over miller five years younger striking and active striking stats in his favor and he has outstruck his ufc opponents by 2.04 strikes per minute which is a very nice number for a guy who has this many fights under his belt minus 175 and it is you. So I, I'm uh, I'm, I'm going to go Jim Miller. What number did Yay, you say we're getting Jim too. Miller at? Yep. What we're, number? Well, we're, we're get, we are getting about 158 plus 158. 158. A nice fun number. Yeah, yeah. I, I will also say this. So here's a couple of fun Jim Miller stats. Jim Miller fought for IFL, uh, which is, is wild that there's somebody still in the UFC. Actually, two guys in the UFC. Because didn't Arlovsky fight IFL too? I think. Um, so yeah and uh he fought bart palaszewski who is another one of my favorites back in the day uh in ifl uh the other thing is do you know when the last time that jim miller beat somebody who he didn't put out oh i don't know yeah i, I mentioned his last three wins have been knockouts but it may have gone back even further than that tell us the, Dan. the last time he beat somebody who he didn't finish was tiago alves in 2016 Whoa. Uh, which is a crazy stat. Um, but also, yeah, like you mentioned the Jared Gordon concussion issues and just being knocked out. And I know that that doesn't go down as a loss, right? That goes down as a no contest. Yeah. That doesn't change what it did to his brain chemistry. <laughs> nope. uh, Cause he was out, he was out. Um, and whether or not that was uh, Bobby green's head that did the damage or his elbow as Bobby green tried to claim, uh, it doesn't matter. It scrambled his brain. He shouldn't be coming back this fast. And as we learned, Jim Miller has been hitting really hard lately. You know, Nicholas Moto found that out the hard way 
And uh, I think he's going to crack Jared Gordon here. And the other thing is, too, is like when Jared Gordon is getting the the worst of striking exchanges, he's got his wrestling, right? Like that's what he did to Patty Pimblett. When Patty started piecing him up on the feet, boom, I got my wrestling here. Does he want to grapple with Jim Miller? I don't think so. Uh, who would want to grapple with Jim Miller? So, yeah, I, I like Jim Miller quite a bit here. Yep, Dan pretty much laid it out. Uh, Jim Miller is my pick as well, uh, as I was hinting to. All right, uh, co-made event time. Featherweights, Alex Caceres versus Daniel Pineda. Uh, Pineda, the pit, is 28 and 14 with three no contests. Nine knockouts, 19 submissions. That's an insane stat. He's finished all 28 of his wins. So you may want to take the under here. Uh, he's been knocked out himself three times and submitted six times. Five and five with one no contest over two stints in the UFC. He won his last fight via submission. He went, he was in PFL for two fights. They both were, have been ruled no contests because he, he's failed two drug tests in the past. Uh, used to fight at lightweight and welterweight. Multi-region championships on his mantle. Correct. Get the shirt at sportsgamingpodcast.com slash star. There's one more coming, Dan. Um, Pineda, one and four in Bellator, 2007 Pro MMA debut. He's outstruck his UC opponents by 0.29 strikes per minute. He's at plus 150. All right, Caceres, Bruce, Bruce Leroy, 20 and 13 with one no contest. Four knockouts, seven submissions. The knockout one submitted seven times, 15 and 11 with one no contest in the UFC. He's gone six and one over his last seven, including winning his last via TKO. Used fight at Bantamweight, two and one the Ultimate Fighter, 2008 Pro MMA debut. Also is a pro grappler. Three inches taller, four inches reach on Pineda, three years younger, striking and active striking stats in his favor. He's outstruck his UFC opponents by 1.24 strikes per minute. He's at minus 170. Give me the chalk. Caceres, younger, bigger, better striker, better resume. Um, all that, All that is better. Better hair. I think that's it. You go ahead. Yeah, I'm going, dog. Um, yep, I, you are. I, I just don't – I don't believe – that Caceres' grappling defense is good enough here. Uh, and, and, like, he does, if he stuffs enough takedowns and keeps us on the feet, he's going to win this fight. And, and it's going to look like a really dumb pick on my part to pick Pineda if he keeps it on the feet. But I just don't know why I would believe that he could. Because, like, Steven Peterson took him down really easily. Um, he, he went to a two taking him down. Uh, he netted some top control time in doing so. Kevin Kroom took him down. Kevin Kroom had seven and a half minutes of control time against uh, Alex his name Cesar. on this card. Yeah, it feels wrong. It feels wrong to mention <laughs> Kevin Kroom. Sorry about that. Um, KC. KC has uh, had half of a fight's worth of control time <laughs> on Alex Caceres. And, like, he's an awful grappler. He's not a good grappler. And so, like, then when I see somebody like Daniel Pineda who is, he's actually a very good grappler, right? He went in there and he outgrappled Tucker Lutz, who's a good grappler. He uh, scored a takedown on Cub Swanson and held Cub Swanson down. He outgrappled Herbert Burns to a TKO finish. Like, I just believe that that grappling can hold up in this fight. And he's done it against good enough guys that I believe he could do it against Caceres too. So uh, yeah, I'm going to go dog here. I like Pineda. Okay, dokie. Let's get to the main event. It is flyweight fight. Kai Kara France versus Amir Albazi. I will tell you about Kara France first. Don't blink is the nickname. 24 and 10 with one no contest. 11 knockouts, three submissions. Been knocked out three times, submitted three times. Seven and three in the UFC. 
He's gone 3-1 over his last four, but he did lose his last five TKO. That was against a Brendan Moreno for the pretend championship. He was 1-1 in the Ultimate Fighter. Used to fight at Bantamweight. Was a regional champion. 2010 Pro MMA debut. He's got an inch reach on Albazi. He's more active landing strikes. He His strike differential in the UFC is 1.13 strikes per minute in his favor. He's at minus 110. The Prince... Albazi is 16 and one, five knockouts, nine submissions, never been finished in a fight, four and all in the UFC. He's won five straight fights overall. His last two fights, he's won via finish. He's not lost a fight since April of 2019. He also used to fight at Bantamweight, two and all in Bellator. He's got multiple regional championships on his mantle. Correct. Get the shirt, sportsgamingpodcast.com slash store. 2009 was his pro MMA debut. He's got an inch of height on Kara France. He's outstruck his UFC opponents by 1.07 strikes per minute. He's got better grappling stats than Kara France. He's at minus 105. So pretty much a pick him on the board. Kara France is a slight dog. Who you got? Wait, what did you have Kai Kara France at? Minus 110 is the best we can get him at right now, sadly. Okay. Okay. Um, he used to be a plus, was he not? Yeah, he. it's fluctuated. It, it's bounced around. Okay. Um, so, so maybe just wait a little bit if you like uh, either guy until their number becomes a little more favorable or uh, you, you can notice a trend. I, I'm going Kai Kara France. Uh, in the main event here, I, I like. I, I thought when this fight posted, I was going to be like, "Oh, Amiral Basie is just going to out wrestle him, right? He's got the wrestling; he's going to get it done." And then I look back at Amiral Basie's resume, dude. It's it's bad, right? Like, like when you look at his resume, it's really bad. Um, it's filled with guys who I don't trust in the UFC. Uh, Alessandro Casa, who's not good. Um, Francisco Figueredo who was really bad. Uh, I mean, I guess maybe the best is Shalmis Shubagulov, who is one in five in his last five. Um, and even if you want to give him the, the Charles Johnson fight, cause you thought he won it, which I don't uh, like maybe two and four at best case scenario. Uh, then you got Malcolm Gordon. Who's uh, who's lost uh, four out of six as well. Um, it only beat the aforementioned Francisco Figueredo. Like, he has fought a who's who of the worst flyweights in the UFC. Um, and yeah, his wrestling looked good in there, but it didn't look like untouchable. And Kaikara France has been in there with with good wrestlers. You know, like it's it's not like Kaikara France has never fought a dude who can wrestle a little bit. And he himself took Moreno down. He stuffed Moreno three times. Um, I mean, he, he went out there and stuffed 12 out of 14 of Askar Askarov's takedowns. And I don't think... Albazi is a better wrestler than Askarov. So, like, if you don't think he can get the wrestling going, which, like I'm saying right now, I don't really, you have to ask yourself, like, is there any chance Albazi can strike with him? And I think the answer is no. Uh, I think he just gets pieced up here by by uh, Kaikara France and probably worn out with failed takedown attempts, too. So, give me Kaikara France. I agree. I, I will uh, very gladly take KKF at, uh, at Dog Money here, for sure. Uh, basically, as you said, resume is just, he's fought no war, no one anywhere near, um, care Francis level of fighter. And while he's mostly a striker, he's, you know, he's got decent enough defense that he should be able to keep this fight on the feet. So he is our pick. Minus yeah. Worth noting, right, too, feet, worth, hmm. worth noting too. Worth noting too. I just want to throw this in here for people who have been all over Amir Albazi and his great takedowns and stuff like that. Go watch his only loss. His only loss in his career is to Jose Shorty Torres, who you might remember from his UFC stay. Um, and he lost in Brave. And so you can like pretty easily find the fight and then watch that and tell me how what you think of his wrestling. There you go. That, that's your homework. All right. 
I'll recap. Kaikara France, we're both in on. I have Casera C.S. Pineda. We're both in on Miller. He has Elliot. I have Altamirano. We're both in on Silva, both in on Malarkey. What should be your edge boost double down play of this episode? Dan, I'll let you pick it. All right. Uh, hang on one second. Let me let me dig uh, into and I'll, just know I'll, the name. I'll, I'll do the copy. No, because 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 uh, I, I don't want you to have to say this. So my okay. edge boost double down play of the day what? is Tim Elliott. Negative 170. Uh, edge boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to sign up today. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge. You should do that, but don't waste your money on Tim Elliott. God. All right. Let's do our fancy picks. Whose turn is it to go first this week? Do you remember? Uh, you. Me. Okay. Uh, Locke. Give me Castaneda, minus 120, fighting a debut in short notice fighter. The same stats thing. say he should win. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing. Uh, I can't. And this was, by the way, our, our edge down uh, or edge boost double down play of the day yesterday. Um, yep. Like, look, dude, Castaneda at negative 120 seems criminal. Um, yeah, that easy one for me. All right. That means I have to go again already. I haven't even typed it in yet, Castaneda. Let's try to spell it right. Even though I'm the only one that sees the spreadsheet. Who cares if it's spelled right? Um, okay, I need a dog. We have lots of dogs, actually. Um, both of us. Some of them the same, some of them not. Um, who's my dog? Do I want to go Jim Miller? Hmm. Let's do it. Jim Miller. Let's do Jim Miller. It's he's I, I can't quit him. Plus, he's uh, this is a, a a fade on Gordon and how he's going to be physically come fight night. So give me Miller plus one fifty eight. Hopefully, the I'm fight gonna, happens. Hopefully, this weight cut goes through. I'm gonna take Felipe Linz. Uh, I think the the Boo. length. I think the length is gonna be a big issue for Maxim Grishin, and I, I've really been impressed with him since he's decided to stop being a big fat heavyweight. <laughs> there you go uh dan likes his long men all right um what do i want for my fancy dancy prop pick hmm let me think what is kareen silva inside the distance uh do you have it in front of you uh let's see kareen silva wins inside the distance even money all right, I'll take plus 100. I'll take that. ITD, Karini, I guess actually is how I should say her name. Karini Silva, ITD plus 100. All right, I'm going to take Andre Orlovsky by decision. <laughs> <laughs> yes, if he's going to win, that's how he's going to win. Yeah, like it's not much better than his money line. Uh, it's only plus 150. Um, but like, he's not going to go in there and knock Dante Mays out. You know, it's he's not going to go in there and submit him uh, unless he does so by exhaustion. But even then, he's like so safe. Uh, I, I think the decision's pretty easy here. So I'll take Arlovsky by decision. All right. Recap. We both have Castaneda as our locks. He has Linz as his dog. I have Miller, and he has Arlovsky inside the distance as a prop pick. And my prop pick is Silva. Sorry, he has Arlovsky decision as a prop pick. I have Silva inside the distance. That's my prop pick. Now, time for everyone's favorite part. Tugger Manjong, super fan parlay. A two-fight parlay is going to get you at least 10 times your money. Gumby, what is it this week? So I'm going to give you guys a stat that I, I think is kind of astonishing for this year and it actually continues from a trend from last year. So, uh, so far in 2023, there have been 13 uh, men's flyweight fights so far this year uh, in the UFC. Do you want to guess how many of those 13 have gone to the judges' scorecards? 11. 11 have been finishes. Two have gone to the judges' scorecards. No way. Oh, that's twice, right. Yeah, okay. Twice. That's what I meant. Haha. <laughs> yeah, tw twice men's flyweight fights have gone 
uh, to the judges' scorecards. And and let me tell you something. I'm going to just take two flyweight men to win inside the distance here. I'll take Kaikara France inside the distance. That's plus 275. And then I'll follow that up with Tim Elliott inside the distance. That's plus 350. Ugh. Uh, so if you grab both of those guys inside the distance, you're going to get 1588 on the return, uh, which, nice. yeah, let's just talk about the fact that Alta Murano can get, has given up four submissions in his career up against a submission guy, Kaikara France, probably going to wear out, uh, Amir Albazi in there. Don't expect that one to go five rounds. So, uh, yeah, give me the, uh, the big hungry man inside the distance for the little guys. All right, there you go. That's it for us. We'll be back on Sunday to recap how all of our picks did and get set for the upcoming week in fights. Uh, you can find us until then at slash discord on Twitter, SGPN MMA, and at Gumby Vreeland and at Jeff Fox Writer. Uh, you can get my Substack, sign up for it, get my uh, MMA writings into your inbox, and enter my pick em contest at moneymma.substack.com. You can get more Gumby in your ear holes at the Top Turtle on MMA podcast this week. He has on Iman Zahabi and Damon Blackshear. And then you can get all the SGPN goodness at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. We'll let Gumby take us out of here. I'm David Gumby Freeland. He's Bruce Leroy, Jeff Fox. And we will see you on Sunday.